Today, we're unveiling the number 20 team in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25, and it's UT. Which UT, you ask? Oh, come on. You're smart enough to figure that out. It's June 7th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Competing for championships is the default expectation for the Texas Longhorns, but 2017 showed that Tom Herman has a little bit of rebuilding to do in Austin. Entering 2018, the question is how much progress he will have made in returning Texas to the college football elite by the end of his second year. Jeff Howe covers Texas for 24-7 sports. He joins us now to preview the Longhorns' 2018 football season. Jeff, we've got Texas sitting at number 20 in our summer top 25. I know that the long-term expectations for Tom Herman's program are sky high, but would a top 20 finish be something Longhorns fans are satisfied with in 2018? I think so, Connor. I think right now, Texas fans, it's been so down for so long. Um, You know, there's nobody on the active roster right now that's been a part of a team that's won more than seven games. Uh, in a season, so with with so many guys, uh, you know, leaving the guys from the 2013 class are finally gone. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been a while since Texas has won uh, the number of games that would get them in the top 20 at the end of the year. So, and I think you look last year, uh, people can definitely see the progress. I think when you look at the way Texas competed, and I know, I mean, it's, it's Texas. You're never thrilled talking about moral victories, but. You go on the road and you, you take the Southern Cal to, to, to overtime. You you lose a close ball game against Oklahoma where you had to leave with eight minutes left. You lose a ball game at home to Oklahoma State in overtime. Um, you know, lose a game on a turnover in the fourth quarter against Texas Tech. And then the Maryland game at the start of the year, you know, five of their six losses uh, were, uh, were by 10 points or less. So, um, you know, Texas made progress just in terms of being able to compete week in and week out. And that's how far things have fallen under Charlie Strong. So I think if this Texas team can just take that next step, and really I'm sure we'll get into it, it just starts with maybe beating the teams you're supposed to beat. I mean, if Texas last year takes care of business against Maryland and Texas Tech, we're talking about a team that wins eight games in the regular season, and then we're talking about a completely different set of expectations. So I think if Texas, they're right around that eight or nine win mark at the end of the regular season, that puts them right in that top 20 range. So I I think fans will take that uh, going into bowl season. Where do things stand at the quarterback position? Has Sam Ellinger locked this thing up for good, or is there still room for Shane Bouchelle to sneak in through the back door? If you ask Tom Herman, it, it's still very much up for grabs. And you know, publicly, he's even gone on record. And the last time uh, I was around Tom Herman a couple of weeks ago, uh, he's gone on record as saying he's not even eliminating the two true freshmen, uh, Cameron Rising or Casey Thompson, from the competition. But anybody that's watched this competition unfold during the spring. Uh, I don't think it's very much of a competition at this point, Connor. I mean, this is Sam Ellinger's job to lose. Um, I'll put it this way. If you're the backup quarterback at Texas, you're not seen uh, on national TV during the regional baseball tournament hanging out in a field level suite with Roger Clemens. The backup quarterback at Texas doesn't do those things. Those are things that are reserved for QB1. So I I think this is Sam Ellinger's job to lose. Uh, It would have to take something, in my mind, really unforeseen and you knock on wood that you know an injury or just something completely that's not on the radar right now for uh, for it to be anybody but Sam Ellinger taking that first snap uh, against Maryland I think the public has gotten some pretty good exposure to Texas's quarterbacks at this point who are some players at other positions that you think the national college football audience might have caused to become more familiar with this fall 
Yeah, yeah, Connor, that's the thing for me when you look at Texas is, you know, the quarterback situation is what it is. It seems like every offseason, the post-Colt McCoy world that Texas is living in, we're talking about the quarterback battle. But, you know, I, the pieces around the quarterback need to be much better than they were last year. You know, Texas had all kinds of issues on the offensive line. Uh, the wide receiver group played well below expectations. Uh, I'll put it to you how bad Texas was running the football last year. Sam Ellinger led Texas in rushing yards with 385 yards, that's the lowest total for a Texas leading rusher since 1958. you got to go back to pre-wishbone days to find out the last time Texas was this bad running the football. So everything around the quarterback has got to be better, and I think it will be. When you talk about the offensive line, to me, it starts with Calvin Anderson, the grad transfer from Rice, and his ability to solidify the left tackle position. You know, last year, going into the year, the big thing with Texas was, you think they're going to be okay offensively, but if something happens to Connor Williams, look out because the whole boat can sink. And the boat basically sunk last year once Connor Williams was suffering a knee injury uh, in, in the road, that road loss at USC and was gone until mid-November. Um, and that can't happen, and it's going to be a while before Texas has that kind of talent and depth up and down the roster. But Calvin Anderson, if he can solidify that left tackle spot, everything else, you know, they've got some returning guys with Zach Shackelford at center, Patrick Vahey, Dart, Derek Kerstetter at right tackle, that if Anderson can kind of be the, the glue that brings it all together, the offensive line is going to be better. I think getting Trey Watson as a graduate transfer from Cal you know, is going to help that running back room. I think Daniel Young showed late in the season last year as a true freshman that he's a nice back. He's a, he's a very serviceable back uh, and a guy that you wouldn't feel bad if he had to start a ball game. But I think there's just something missing. And, you know, Tonyl Carter, I don't think, had the spring, uh, you know, coming off of a true freshman year that I think the staff wanted him to have. So you bring in Trey Watson, who, you know, averages about five or six yards every time he touches the football at Cal. Texas needs that kind of explosiveness on offense. And then when you talk about explosiveness, you go out to wide receiver and, you know, it seemed like this spring, Colin Johnson, who was on everybody's breakout player list going into last year and going into this year, is going to be on everybody's mock draft for the 2019 draft. We've seen him in the first round in some mocks early because you look at him and he's 6'6 and 220 pounds. He can jump out of the gym. He's a freak athlete. But I think getting him to play consistently physical is something he really worked on during the spring. And then, you know, Lil Jordan Humphrey was a guy, and yes, his, his first name is Lil Jordan. That's not like a nickname that's on his birth certificate. Um, you know, he's a guy that comes in kind of an unconventional package, if you will. He's, you know, 6'4, 6'5, 220 pounds. But he was a high school running back, so he got the ability to do the things the slot receiver needs to do in this offense. At the same time, he's got the speed and playmaking ability to play on the outside. So really, I think if you're looking at what around the quarterback is going to be really good for Texas to keep an eye on, if this team does end up getting that 8 or 9 one mark, I think it's Calvin Anderson along the offensive line, it's Trey Watson at running back, and it's Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey at wide receiver. A couple times now you've mentioned 8 or 9 wins as a realistic target for Texas. South Point Casino has split the difference with an 8.5 over under. So Jeff, I'm going to make you commit to one here. Over or under? You know, right now, Connor, I'm taking the under. I think this is an eight and four football team, and, and that's not a knock on Texas, but you know, there's so much unknown in the Big Twelve. First off, when you talk about this conference schedule, in Texas, in terms of recent history, has not played very well uh, against a team like TCU. Uh, you know, the last time Texas uh, was in Stillwater against Oklahoma State, that didn't go very well. They, they've got to go on the road and play Oklahoma State this year. Uh, anytime you go to Lubbock, even though Texas has had success recently playing Texas Tech on the road, uh, it's a challenging game. And then the Oklahoma game. So that's just talking about the the teams Texas has to face within the Big Twelve. And then you look at that non-conference schedule. 
opening up at FedEx Field against Maryland. It's going to be a Maryland team that's going to be much closer to the team that beat Texas in the opener than the team that was just ravaged by injuries from that point on uh, that's going to play the Longhorns on September 1st. And then USC comes to town uh, on September 15th, and that's kind of the one that Longhorn fans have had circled on the calendar. Uh, I, I think that game was made two years after Vince Young crossed the goal line in, in the Rose Bowl, and ever since then, Texas fans have been looking at that USC game, uh, and DKR is one that uh, I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere that night. So the schedule is challenging, and that's why I can't go more than eight wins right now, Connor. I, I think if Texas got to eight wins and got to a bowl game with a chance to get to nine, I think that's a tremendous year for Tom Herman. And that, you know, that eight or the eight or specifically that nine win mark, if you can get to nine wins with the bowl game, I think that's something you take in the recruiting season into December and into January and, and to close in that second signing period, giving you the kind of class that you're going to need to establish a championship level foundation. Because at the end of the day, once this thing gets rolling again, that will become the expectation again at Texas is to win championships. Let's flash forward to January 2019 and go hypothetical and say Texas exceeded that over under projection of eight and a half by two or more games. So let's say, I don't know, 10 or 11 games. What do you think will have gone so right to allow Texas to overachieve expectations like that? If Texas is uh, is a 10 or 11 win team, I think two things will have happened. One, I think you'll see that Todd Orlando, and not that he's not this as a defensive coordinator, I think he will establish himself as one of the best proven commodities as a defensive coordinator in the country. You look at what he did last year, and I think the main thing he did, Connor, people look at the numbers that guys like Malik Jefferson or Deshaun Elliott or Puna Ford had so many guys had career years under Todd Orlando last year, but the way he was able to take the personnel available to him and find something that worked in Texas did they they used uh, their dime personnel something they called the lightning package they wanted to flood the field with speed they got Brecken Hager on the field more they got Gary Johnson on the field more uh, they were using six defensive backs they found a role as kind of a hybrid linebacker safety for Jason Hall and that worked really well for them and I think Todd Orlando if he can do that again the personnel is going to be different this time around if he can adapt you know his the personnel he's got to something within the frame work of his defense that he likes i think texas will be one of the top defensive teams in the big 12 and maybe even one of the top defensive teams in the country we're talking about 10 or 11 wins and then obviously the other part of that is it'll mean that not only did sam ellinger win the quarterback job but he kind of took the ball and ran with it and played at a consistently high level uh and won texas some football games and was no longer the reason as he was late in games last year as good as he played in games like the USC game, like the Oklahoma game, he made mistakes late in some of those ball games that Texas lost and cost them games. It'll mean that he pretty much eliminated that part of his game. Jeff Howe covers the Texas Longhorns for Horns 24-7. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Howe 247. Thanks, Jeff. Yep, anytime. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast that gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you did not get on the podcast. Next up are the number 19 Mississippi State Bulldogs.